The Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. And then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome to the Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Talon Jenkins. Joined with our host, we got Ryan Gilbert and Joel Meyer. Gentlemen, how the hell are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. I was all hyped up for another long overtime game in Vegas there, but it ended very quickly. You know, a minute 35 in. So, uh, yeah, two good games of the conference finals so far, though. It should be a good weekend of hockey. How about those Denver Nuggets, though? Huh? Huh? How about those, huh? How about those Celtics? Ooh, the Nuggies? Did the Nuggies win? Fucking right. Nuggets are dominating the Lakers. Jamal Murray going off. Jokic doing his thing. Triple doubles every fucking night. That's good, but uh, hockey's not good. Hockey is uh, fucking terrible. It's man, it's it's been a grind and it's been brutal. All my bets are going to shit, and I'm gonna be staring at a big deficit at the end of the year. But uh, at least in terms of the postseason, whatever. But you know, I looked at my, I felt like every fucking OT game goes against me. I looked it up. Three of the thirteen. I went three and thirteen in like high leverage spots for OT games, which is nuts, and it should regress. But there's only two series left, and less than two series technically. But it's just I, I can't get any fucking luck, man. Like today again, fucking stars lose um, to the Knights. The uh, Kraken beat the Avs in OT. The the Panthers beat the Bruins twice in OT. It's just every fucking OT is just a torture chamber for me. Right now, so it's not good, but um, yeah, how about those nuggets and um, Victor Hovland? My guy, Victor Hovland, he's getting after it again, but of course, he's gonna fucking fail on the weekend as usual. So, I'm not getting exactly too amped about that, but uh, golf, golf is looking all right with, with uh, Scheffler and Hov going out there. Um, DJ's in the mix still. My guy, Sepp Straka's even par, which is pretty good for uh, how the course has been playing. <laughs> it's been rough, man. It's been rough out there for these boys. Oh, yeah, 25 mile our wins i think it was today something like that right. um so yeah is it, is how about it? that how about that canadian cory connor jolie hell yeah He's uh, i dog. don't have any money on him so me uh, neither who cares? But he always shows up at majors though we should have i wish that's i had spent true. more time looking into this but this guy's he's tied for the lead right now going into fucking saturday that's pretty cool yeah i just need to keep the putter going he's he's great mm-hmm. off the tee but uh his putter is uh shaky as shit the guy launches balls into orbit, and his iron play is absolutely second to none. But you're right, he just can't putt to save his life. So it's a little rough around the edges for our boy. Um, for myself, I'm doing good. Julie touched on it. You know, massive golf tournament going on with the PGAs here. I'm with you. I added Hovland last minute. I got nah, in with him guys, out there. Going. Hell yeah, uh, hell yeah. Shout out to the guys on the playoff, too. That, that, that's like a pretty decent yeah. with, with such, with such uh, high scores. Uh, it's a good chance for a playoff at the end of the day. The major playoff boys, man, gotta love that. Always action come major season. Uh, Scotty's in contention. Still lots of golf to play there, man. Kepka's only three back, too. He can go on a run. Uh, I think JT came back to win this tournament seven down or something heading into Saturday last year. So uh, anything oh, can happen in the PGA, Fuck. man. Is that <laughs> yeah. when I, 
who's he playing with? Is Al Torres or Fitzpatrick last year? Do you remember? I think uh, it was Willie Zaltz, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember I had the guy who uh, fucking failed on Sunday. Yeah, so, uh, fucking, fucking whiskey mitts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that guy, that guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we you know tons of stuff going on in the world of sports. So I'm doing not great. I'm doing not good at all. We'll get to that later. I think you guys all know why. Don't worry about that. We'll cover that eventually. Uh, <laughs> but for now, let's keep it positive here, boys. It's a positive Friday night. Tons of stuff going on in the world of sports. Obviously, we got NHL playoffs. Uh, beginning of the uh, semifinal rounds have been absolutely insane. Two games in. We'll get into that a little bit deeper later. Uh, stuff going on in the NBA. Julie, a little NBA update. What's up? Any Anything cooking around NBA world? What's going on here? Well, the Miami Heat are continuing to dominate the Celtics, who are continuing to, to uh, prove that Boston are a city of chokers. I mean, they, they can't win a fucking home game to save their lives. I mean, they, they beat the Sixers, but the Sixers, you know, they, they don't have shit. They're, they're chokers themselves. They're like the Leafs of the NBA, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, Boston are, are, are falling apart. They're the most talented team by far left in the playoffs, but uh, they have a terrible coach, and they have a just a... Not a great culture, as opposed to the, the Heat, who have an excellent culture, excellent coach, and Jimmy fucking Butler, who is mm. awesome. Um, that reminds me also, uh, I was going to say this. We were supposed to record last night. I was, I was going to say this, but uh, shout out to Kevin Harlan with his uh, Jimmy freaking Butler chat, or his call out when he, when he, when he hit that, uh, <laughs> that wild three. And then Chris Cuthbert on the um, Canes-Panthers game. Um, well, what did he say? He, he there was some player. He said Carter freaking Vahegi or or something like that. He tried to go with it. Was. That's pretty. <laughs> yeah, tense. yeah. Well, Chris Cuthbert is the man in terms of uh, commentary right now. He he's the best going. He is the um, um, he is the Kevin Harlan. Well, not the Kevin Harlan. Uh, it's hard to find a comp for Chris Cuthbert. He's just a total pro, and yeah. uh, I, I love him because there's not much else going on for Canadian commentators <laughs> right now. It, it's a bunch of shit. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, it's not like the old days. But Chris Cuthbert is, is still the boss. And, uh, yeah, go go fucking nugs, man. Beat those fucking Lakers and LeBron. Send them packing. Uh, he's got more important things to do. Taking care of his, his son, Bronny, going to USC. Um, yeah, he he's done. He's toast. Nuggets are, the Nuggets are winning the title. Let's go. You gotta yeah. love Jimmy Butler wearing the uh, Matthew Kachuk jersey too. Uh, I think during during oh, like yes. working hours. That's exactly what the NHL needs. That's exactly what we were talking about last show with the, these big stars like supporting each other. You know, make make Miami a hockey market. Why not? Does does he play for South, Miami? Yeah. Okay. South Florida cool. Rising, right? They got the same owners, don't they? The Panthers and the Heat. I don't know. Miami made it to the Final Four too against all odds in the NCAA tournament. So. Mm. South Florida rising. Look out, man. Two of the Dolphins are going to be shit. Dolphins made the playoffs too, yeah. Yeah, well, come on. They got fucking old, <laughs> old, old crazy fingers playing quarterback for them. So I don't know how that's going to go. Next, uh, thing you, right. no, next thing you know, Ron DeSantis will take over the Republican <laughs> nomination. <laughs> hey. Oh, my God. That one killed me. Uh, Ryan, what's going on in baseball? Is baseball cooking? Uh, Give me something. Baseball's still going on. Actually, today I hit a three-leg uh, D-Gen home run parlay. So uh, that was uh, one, 600 bucks on that. So that, that's been uh, helping me out here with NHL being up and down. Right on. Right on. Obviously, tons of stuff going on in the world of sports. Uh, we just touched on a couple major things. We got. I'm fucking dying here. I'm burping. I'm coughing. Holy <laughs> Christ. Uh, we got NASCAR doing its thing. F1, they're on a little bit of an off week here, but tons of stuff going on. The Preakness. Oh, my God. We got the Preakness tomorrow on Saturday. Um, 
I haven't really done too much research into it. I'm probably going to cram that up tonight, so I'll be sure to post something in the Discord here so I don't get these assholes on my ass telling me, oh, you would, but you didn't fucking post your picture. So I'm going to try and get that covered. But still, it's going to be an awesome week of sports. Tons of stuff going on. Obviously, you can find all that information at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network website. That's the place to be, man. Tons of great t- content there. Be sure to uh, read the articles. Lots of love goes into the articles. I know Ryan just put out a Western and Eastern Conference uh, semifinal preview there. And you know what? Even just because we're one game into those series doesn't mean that content's not relevant so be sure to go check it out we're still early in this series uh there's definitely some good stuff in there i did check it out uh and then go listen to the other shows man tons of great content coming out on the fucking network a lot of love goes into those shows as well too some of the articles so be sure to go check it out uh check out ryan's other show baseball money is fake with him and blake i know we give him a lot of shit but we do love the guy uh so yeah man you can find all that at the website and of course shout out to all of our friends and pals in the discord it's been a lively bunch lately man you know we we called in a little bit of lull there before uh before the semifinals started but now that everything's engaged it's been an absolute yeah, crazy town casuals coming in <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, yeah, and some casuals stick around. Yeah, Discord was going off during that long overtime game. I wasn't in there, but I looked back. You guys were all going off. I was curled up, laid out on my couch, you know, hoping for the game to end there. But yeah, tonight also going off in the Discord there. So get in there. Great support system. SG.pn slash Discord. And leave us a five-star rating and review on the Hockey Island Podcast feed on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at HockeySGPN. Hell yeah, man. And if you're trying to uh, figure out how to get in the Discord, of course, you can reach out to myself or Ryan on Twitter. You can also reach out to the uh, HTP Twitter account. We'll be glad to point you in the right direction. It's absolutely free. Or you can uh, try and track down a uh, German Enigma machine. And if you can decode the codes, I'm sure that Joel will be sure to point you in the right direction with his uh, German secret war code. Yeah, it depends uh, if uh, I'm on uh, on route in a <laughs> sub or something. You boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs here, boys. We'll start things off with uh, with last night's game. Uh, what a shit show it was. We had the Florida Panthers against the Carolina Hurricanes in game one of the Eastern semifinals here. It ended up being a 3-2 victory for the Florida Panthers. Matthew Kachuk gets it done in overtime, but not first overtime. No, no, no. Not second overtime. No, 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 no. Not third overtime. No, 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 no. Fourth overtime. Yes, 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 yes. Holy Christ. This game, this game went four overtimes. I watched like the first period and a half and I was like, okay, I got to start getting ready for bed here. I got to work this morning and stuff. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to see how it plays out. I was betting Florida. We'll wake up in the morning and see what happened. I woke up at five in the morning and I like checked my phone and I see, oh, Panthers win. I'm like nuts. Overtime crazy. There's a four beside it. Like, holy, I did do a double take. I had to slap my... I didn't believe it until I got out of the shower and I was awake a little bit and had my coffee and Bailey's. Shout out Bailey's. Uh, and then I was like, holy shit, it actually went to four overtimes. Boys, tell me that you watched some of this game here. I watched all of it on the East Coast. I think it finished close oh to 2 a.m. Luckily, I didn't have to work until noon today, so I was able to you know, stay up and indulge a little bit. But yeah, it was, it was great. It was great hockey, defensive hockey throughout most of the overtime. Like, you know, just back and forth four checking in bunch of ice things and whatnot got to the point where like it was almost boring boring a little bit but there, there were just chances going on both sides Bobrovsky and Anderson both made huge countless saves there and you know 13 seconds left in the fourth fourth overtime it looked like it was going to five overtimes there was a uh, careless turnover there in the def- defensive zone a, a rare thing for her Carolina to do and, and Kachuk took it and just went top shelf so uh good for the Panthers good for good for uh, Matthew Kachuk 
Uh, I can't imagine how it feels to lose that game, especially at home. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that affects Saturday. For myself, usually the uh, the Western Coast time, the Pacific time zone is uh, against me in terms of uh, watching sports. I usually end up missing half of games with that start on the East Coast. But uh, in this case, it worked for me. I, I you know the game ended like what around before midnight my time. So yeah, definitely watch that with ease. Um, got to do some other stuff after the game too. So that's the benefit of living <laughs> oh, on the West oh, Coast. Oh. And uh, yeah, it makes up for all the, all those uh, missing all those um, early games, whatever. But uh, for the game itself, Panthers were resilient. Like they've been resilient all, all, basically the whole half half of the season, the like second half of the season, and the playoffs. Like they just don't go away. And uh, they, they wore the Hurricanes down. The Hurricanes came out with more energy. They were the better team in regulation. They were the better team in the second overtime. But other than that, like the other three overtimes, it was all Panthers. They were hitting them uh, on the four check. They were their more aggressive team. They finished every check. So it makes me concerned for our Canes there. I, I don't know if they can uh, withstand that kind of onslaught if the Panthers can keep it up. I mean, even fucking Radko Gudis looks like a player. He, I know, he, man. He's been good. Yeah, he, he's such a playoff performer. I mean, uh, you can laugh at him in the regular season, but when it comes to playoffs, you need those kind of guys around. And uh, the whole team is built like that. I mean, Kachuk was invisible the whole game long, but he showed up when it mattered and put it in the net. And, um, yeah, oh, both yeah. goalies were great, especially Bobrovsky. He was solid the whole way through. Um, yeah, I mean, the Canes, of course, had the better pressure, but the Panthers just find a way, man. Like, the, they, they remind me of the Lightning in a lot of ways. So, yeah, Florida rising once again. Uh, they're they're built for this shit. Like it's it's funny we we talked about the Panthers like being the same kind of team as they were last year during the regular season, just terrible defensively, but awesome offensively. But now, in playoff hockey, Paul Maurice is making his coaching felt. He's making it more like those old uh, Winnipeg Jets teams who were so good in the playoffs, never went all the way. But, but uh, at the same time, they 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 were built the right way, they played the right way, and now Maurice is making uh, that impact felt on the Panthers here. So that makes me very scared going forward because uh, Panthers winning would not be good unless Kachuk wins the consummate. That would be a, a good consolation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was uh, at least the, he had the game winner because I was fucking scared of. A, Brovsky just stealing the show and then some random plug like uh, I don't know not a plug Anton Lindell or uh, or uh, who's the Lomberg scoring the at first uh, before he was ruled out for goaltender interference uh, so that would have been bad but at least Kachuk scored that that was a very small silver lining but uh, yeah <laughs> hell of a game wish we see more like this um, yeah, yeah that, that, like the round two was full of blowouts but now we've had two OT games. And uh, we, we deserve it right now. Uh, we could have used a bit more OT hockey in the Knights game, but uh, the Panthers-Hurricanes <laughs> game uh, spoiled us a little bit in that respect. But, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of all the blowouts, so uh, let's let's get these close games going. You, you got to yeah. shout out uh, Brandon Montour, too. Played 57 minutes, 55 Yo, seconds. He had, like, a few scoring chances in a row there in overtime. He had, like, stick handle one too many times right in front of Anderson. That was a fantastic save. Yeah, I I completely forgot about that Lombard goal. I, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up, uh, Joel. I know you thought it should should have counted, or you thought that if that one. No. Oh yeah, should have. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> I just ha- I just hate the review. I, yeah, I, everyone hates the review. It's complete bullshit. I, I I guarantee there were some Hurricanes fans that left the arena that were not allowed back in. Because oh, it, it was yeah. a few minutes before the review was instituted. I, I thought it was goal interference. I thought, I think it was Colin White went into the crease, pretty deep in the crease on his own volition, and then, you know, 
the defenseman was there with him, so he was unable to leave the crease, but he didn't make a big enough, big enough effort to get out of it compared to tonight's tonight's uh, interference we'll talk about later. But yeah, I, I mean, I hate the review. Everyone hates the review, but I think it ultimately wasn't a good call, and it, uh, it resulted in three more overtime periods that were just absolutely fantastic. So yeah, uh, playoff, think it was playoff, right playoff call? hockey is back. Yeah, I think it was the right call. You thought that was GI? Yes. Soft. He was soft. Both feet. Did you see it, Talon? Clearly in the crease. <laughs> no, I'm just sure of them. Halfway into the crease. <laughs> Talon, Talon, Talon's a goalie. He'll, he's on my side. I don't know. I don't. I think some of these goalies are pussies these days. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Back in my day, there's only interference if the goalie interfered you, okay? So fucking, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just making shit up here. Pop quiz, though. Pop quiz. Where was Paul Maurice drafted as a player? Oh, was it Carolina? No. Jolie, any guess? The Toronto. No. no. Quebec Nordiques. Paul Maurice drafted 252nd overall in the 12th round of the 1985 NHL entry draft to the, drumroll, Philadelphia Flyers. Wow. There you go. A little bit. Yeah. Look at that. Look at I'm that. Bad, I'm a bad fan, I guess. I know. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you don't know their 252nd <laughs> pick in the mid-80s, so I guess we'll give you a pass on that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to move down to tonight's game, too. Another little doozy we had here. These guys touched on a little bit. It was another overtime game. We had the first game of the Western semifinals. We had the Dallas Stars against the Vegas Golden Knights. My Golden Knights, me and Mudaf, our Golden oh, Knights absolutely getting it traded. done here. 4-3 in overtime time big win for the for the golden k's there that sounds kind of racist the golden k's i don't know why so we're not going to call them that <laughs> we're going to go back with the golden knights uh they played well man give some credit to dallas though too the dallas got outplayed to start the game the first five minutes or 10 minutes i think the shots were 11 to 1 for vegas uh vegas all over the nights in the second period dallas able to tie things up with about two minutes left to force overtime and uh yeah these guys touched on that pretty quick goal there and uh ot was that fucking who got that was that howden yeah. That's his name. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Howden got it done. And to be fair, Jake Ottinger was doing his best Booker T impression, doing the spin of Rooney in the net when the puck was behind there. So uh, not the greatest of goal, but it doesn't matter, man. That's playoff hockey. You put pucks on the net. Good things happening if you're behind the net. Uh, boys, I got a feeling this is going to be a pretty sick series, man. You know, we, we saw how Vegas played. They're a pretty good team. They had men the puck exceptionally well. Their defense is elite. Um, that Aiden Hill's been given saves to a couple of squeakers, a couple of bad goals on both sides in this game. But I feel like that's just going to happen with the pressure of playoff hockey at least in this point of the stage um yeah so give credits to both team here it was an excellent game it's a lot of fun to watch this series is going to be an absolute blast uh and my nights came through for me gentlemen what more can you ask for yeah that howden goal is the type of goal i kind of expected the uh the hurricanes game to end on just from behind the net throwing it in front and Ottinger just kicks Something it in you, you hate to lose on that for the stars but yeah golden knights got it done um their go-ahead goal in the third period was also potentially goal interference but um i believe it was a colasar was kind of tripped in, into into Ottinger. also who, who could who could have thought aiden hill is out playing jake Ottinger in this series so i mean so far through, through one game but yeah, Vegas. They, they they keep coming at at you. It seemed like they they dominated most of the game. They had, they had most of the pressure there. So, yeah, should be a, a good long series. I think most of their regular season games went to overtime. So we could see more overtime in this series. Yeah, mixed mixed opinion on injuries. He was really good during the game for the most part, but then he let in that one weak goal for the the two one Knights lead. I think that was two one. Mm-hmm. Or was that three two? Um, the one with the uh, 
Carlson's second, I think it was, where he yeah, that, that, that was banned on it. Yeah, yeah. A little pussy five hole goal or whatever. Yeah, and slid under his pad. That that was weak. Yeah, that's um, a tough look. And then the, of course the overtime goal was was also weak. He's just spinning around. Uh, that's not a good look there. But uh, otherwise he was pretty good. But uh, you you have to be better than pretty good to win a Stanley Cup. So he's got to find that other level that we, we we've seen him get to before. Uh, meanwhile, Aiden Hill. Like you're saying, yeah, he, he's been very solid there. He was in the right position all game long, made the easy saves, didn't make a mess of anything, uh, controlled the rebounds. The, the two goals against him I don't think were really his fault. First one maybe weaker than the second. He had, well, there were three goals, so uh, I got to I gotta remember uh, which goals. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't remember the second one. but uh, The, first the second one, one oh, oh, for hell you're saying. Yeah, first one was Robertson, right? Yeah, Robertson. Yeah, yeah Robertson. Nice tip. Second yeah. one was the empty netter, Jamie Ben, just in front, just slid it under him. So that one, mm-hmm. kind of not not a great goal, but not you can't blame him for it. Yeah, but anyway, I think the Knights uh, deserve to win this game. They carried the play for the the majority of the game, but the, the Stars are they've been like this all season long. They're just very opportunistic. The same thing can be said for the Knights too, actually. So it's it's a very similar. Similarly styled teams, both big, uh, aggressive on the forecheck, and uh, capitalizing on their their chances. So yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long series, I think, six seven games, most likely. And we've already seen the way it's gonna play out. This game going to overtime, after all. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say right now. I thought that Robertson had some jump early on. He scored that goal, but then he kind of disappeared for the rest of the game. Tyler Sagan was, was awesome for mm-hmm. the first half of the game, but then he, he got hit with the, that shot, and he was kind of like, meh, after that. He, he hit the post after that, but uh, I didn't think he had the same jump that he did in the first period. Um, Miro Heiskanen is, is solid as usual. Petrangelo was solid as usual. Yeah, uh, Rupe cool. Hints has been a killer this playoff. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like both teams played well, I think. It's just Knights had the more the more chances due to their uh the depth of the of the team. They they created more stuff uh with their bottom six than the the stars did. The stars are relying on more on their uh top two lines. So uh yeah, they the stars gotta get the power play going power play going too. I don't think that they were very good in the on the power play. So yeah, just some things to work on for the stars, but I think they'll get it back together. Yeah, for game two. That building's absolutely electric too, man. Those Vegas Golden Knight fans are absolutely insane. Um, all right, uh, let's get in some ads here, and then we'll we'll jump right into the shows here or the games. All right, uh, I gotta check out Edge Boost. SGPN is excited to announce an exclusive early access partnership with Edge Boost, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, no interest. Simply deposit funds into your account, and Edge Boost will match the deposit, so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. They currently offer up to $2,500 in advances as you build a repayment history. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Only valid in legal gambling states. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We might need edge boost for our puck box here soon, the way we keep going or something. Uh, all right, we're going to jump right into the games here, boys. We're going to cover – are we going to do Sunday as well, or are we just going to do the Saturday? What are we doing here? Yeah, we'll do both. Okay, we'll do both here. So we're going to jump into the two games. We're going to start things off with Saturday, May the 20th. 
Going back out to the East here to uh, game two for Florida Panthers for Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern semi uh, finals here. Uh, game itself is in Carolina at 8 p.m. Florida does lead the series one game to nothing like we just talked about. Uh, Florida on the money line sitting at plus 125. Carolina on the money line at minus 145. The over-under is a five and a half. Over sitting at minus 120. The under plus 100 here. Ryan, tossing this one to you, buddy. What do we got? Yeah, I'm heavy on the Hurricanes in puck bucks, so I won't be betting this, betting this game on puck bucks, but I, I have bet this game with with uh, real money. I, I bet on the Hurricanes. I don't think they're going to lose back-to-back games. Obviously, a, a long um, four-overtime game may, may impact that, but they bounce back from every loss in the postseason you know, pretty well. Uh, after a 5-1 loss, won 5-2 against the Islanders, then the clincher in overtime, then bounce back against the Devils with a 6-1 win after losing uh, 8-4. So might even look at, at a Hurricanes puck line here. I think that's around plus 170. I could see them you know, getting one of their 3-1, 4-2 type of wins there. But yeah, the, the Panthers, you can't count them out. Uh, Talon, you, 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 you picked them. You bet them. So you, you know that they've been a, a great team in these playoffs. But I think the Hurricanes are just slightly better coached, slightly better on the forecheck and, and everything. So yeah, Hurricanes minus 145. And then I, I'm leaning to the under five and a half here, uh, plus 100. I, I think a lot of tired legs could could lead to more mistakes, more turnovers, but I think more likely it'll lead to safer play like we saw in overtime. So under five and a half plus 100 and going back to that uh, first period under five and a half at minus 110. Yeah, it's uh, tough to call this one. Uh, it's, you know, you'd think with the Hurricanes going four full OTs, not quite full four OTs. Four OTs with the uh, last second goal there by Kachuk, like four or five seconds left in the fourth overtime, but basically four OTs. Uh, you, you would think that the, there's some kind of deflating aspect to them coming back and playing this one uh, just two games later. But uh, with, the, with the, I trust in Rod Brindamore. I think he's an excellent coach, and I trust in the culture of the Hurricanes to uh, over overcome that kind of um, deflating experience uh, and uh so yeah you, uh, we've seen it in the nba like other than the fucking celtics today uh, <laughs> they, they lost game one at home and they, they lost game two at home it's been uh insane in terms of the um the bounce back when you when you lose the first game at home and then you just dominate the second game at home i think that 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 can be the case here so i do lean to the hurricanes i do think they overcome that um that that terrible loss there in uh the fourth overtime, right before fifth overtime. And, uh, yeah, I would back the Canes here, but uh, minus 145 is um, a little steep. So, yeah, it's once again just a lean. These playoff prices are as sharp as can be. But I also lean to the over, though, minus, minus 120, five and a half. Once again, uh, I think that there were a lot of chances in the first game, and just both goalies were, were very solid. I don't know if uh, both goalies will be as solid in the next one especially considering they also played the whole fucking, uh, let's do the math here, 60, 159 minutes. Am I right, Ryan? <laughs> I believe it'll be close to 140. Four, no, what are you talking uh, about? Seven four, times three four, is 210. Four, oh, it's no, four it's overtime. Four, time, four times 20 is 80, plus 60 is 140. Yeah. All right. What did I say? <laughs> you, said, you said 160, I think. Okay. All right, 140. That's still long enough for these goalies to get tired as fuck. So I, I don't think we'll see the same elite goaltending in this game. So give me the over five and a half minus 120 if you, if you want to bet this. I mean, I'm not betting this shit. I got enough stake as it is. But uh, yeah, for all you casuals out there, if you want to make a wager, 
What are we Take doing today? What's the play today? <laughs> What's the lock? What's the lock? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me the over five and a half. Fuck it, man. Um, <laughs> lean to the Hurricanes, too. All right. Uh, I got a bet here for the casuals. I'm going with my boy Ryan, okay? We're taking the under five and a half in this game. Boys, I think it's highly underestimated just how hard it is to play one period as a player. And like Julie touched on as a goalie, but primarily as a player in the NHL. But to play seven in one night, that's a two, three-day recovery period. I don't care how much of a fucking dog these players are. Keep in mind, they just grinded through an 82-game season. And these guys also just grinded through a previous two rounds of playoff hockey. And now you go and you essentially play close to two and a half games in one night here. Like that game was long, it was almost half as long as the Leaf Panthers series. I was talking about that in the Discord. It's absolutely insane here. So I think we're going to see some tired bodies in this game. I am all over the under five and a half at plus money at plus 100 in this game here. Um, there's something to be said, you know, maybe we could have some sloppy goal tiny, some sloppy play. But I feel like it's just going to be, hey, man, let's fucking just get through this. We're going to play hard. There's going to be lots of effort. Obviously, it's the NHL, and it's two, two competitive teams going at it here. But, you know, it doesn't matter how competitive you are. Sometimes the body just fucking breaks on you, man. So you I'm guys, all over uh, the I'm guys, see- Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I'm seeing here that empty Ranta could start on uh, on Saturday for Carolina, which I was going to ask you guys like if you guys would turn to the backup after the goalies played. So you long. can't take Bob out. You can't. He's been. No, on I, you can't take Bob out. But, I, I, I don't know. Maybe this maybe. is. This is game why two. I said Freddie Anderson to win the Conn Smythe is a bad bet because the Canesville's going to be fucking switching mm-hmm. goalies up like nothing. 100%. We've already seen three goalies for them so far in this playoffs, right? Kachekov, Ranta, and uh, Anderson. I don't one know. More, either way. One, one more thing. Uh, like I was going to say, uh, did you guys hear about that that thing about the uh, the, the fan duel lady saying uh, plus 100 and then uh, Spanky? Saying that it, it's supposed to be even money and like calling her out like if 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 you guys want to speak our language you got to actually speak our language properly. Did you what? guys see any of that? No. What? No. You it's can't the say same one hundred, isn't it? It is the same thing, but. Uh, well, then what are we talking about? This is this is an argument on Twitter apparently that uh, you're not supposed to say plus one hundred according to old school guys. You're supposed to say even money. Oh. It, it's 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 bullshit. It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. I mean, I say whatever I, you want to uh, say. Like, yeah. no, call I, it, I, as call long it as plus it's even clear. money if you want. Plus <laughs> even, no. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard someone say it's like negative minus one forty five instead of minus one forty five? Oh, that's no. Fuck that. <laughs> it's like you don't say over five point five. You say over five and a half. You know, the talent uh, plus 100. I say over 5.5 all the time. I know you should stop that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, screw you, Joel. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have a lesson on uh, how, to, how to speak these things, but uh, yeah, I think I thought it was a dumb argument, but I just thought I'd bring it up because it, it, it's an ongoing thing, a little uh, fire in the space, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, plus 100, even money, it's all the same difference. And um, actually, even money is is how you say it in the fractional system, right? Whereas plus 100 is just the way to say it in America. And we're dealing with American odds here. So obviously you would say plus 100 for American odds. If you're dealing with fractions, then yeah, you say even money as opposed to, um, you know, uh, you know, the fractional, I, uh, the fractions are, are, are mystifying to me. I, I never really um, got too much into it. But uh, Those yeah. common denominators, eh? Those oh, yeah. Like 12 to 1, 15 to 1, I get that. But when you get into like the 7 to 4, 12 to 6, well, 12 mm. to 6 is just the. Uh, That's the ponies, bro. 2 to 1. Yeah, it's the yeah, yeah, European stuff, English 7 stuff. 7 to fuck, 2. Fuck the what English. What the hell are you talking about? 
Well, yeah. then it's just it's just three and a half to one. Yeah, exactly. Look at this guy. You're the accountants over Come here. On. Oh, it's so simple. It's just this and that. Some of us skip school to smoke <laughs> weed with the cool kids, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of All right. Uh, now, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to go back to my pick because I'm not done here yet. Oh, I'm okay. also on the Florida Panthers, a plus 125 in this game. Uh, for what I talked about, you know, I feel like we're going to have a sloppy play here. And Florida has proven that they can win in non-structured games, at least when they're not playing a structured of a format. We saw them capitalizing on chances against the Bruins and the Leafs when they've been being outplayed. Um, they, they looked okay in that Carolina game. Don't get me wrong here. They are a good team, but I, this is a team that can burn you off mistakes. And I got a feeling we're going to see a lot of mental mistakes in this game here so florida on the money line and they give me the under at 5.5 plus one Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right moving down to uh the sunday game for sunday may 21st uh we had the second game for the western conference finals we had the dallas stars against the vegas golden knights obviously vegas is up one nothing here just had a big win tonight we talked about it uh game itself was in vegas at 3 p.m uh, on Sunday, Dallas on the money line sitting at plus 105. Vegas on the money line at minus 125. Over-under sitting at five and a half. Both over-under paying off minus 110. Jolie, going over to here to you, my man. What do you got for game two here? Yeah, we're going to rely on the uh, the old bounce-back theory. You know, team comes off of a tough loss there. I mean, it's it's not like the Panthers-Hurricanes thing where they lasted four overtimes. It was just a quick a quick ending, a, a premature ejaculation, you might say. And uh, <laughs> they're still ready to go. Uh, I think the Stars will, will uh, be able to bounce back here. They got the more motivation. They don't want to go back to Dallas uh, down two games to nil, especially when the, they proved against the Kraken. Like the, Every time they lost, they just came back and won the next game. So uh, I'm, I'm relying on that that historical record to uh, make my case here for capping the Stars. So give me the Stars, plus 105, whatever. Just a small play once again. Also, like, over five and a half, though. Um, I didn't like uh, what I saw from the Stars defense. I didn't – I mean, I, I like the, the Knights' uh, special teams, but they also turn the puck over a lot. There were, there's more chances. Aiden Hill, I still don't fully trust him. So, six goals, I think we could see that based on how high scoring these playoffs have been. So, over five and a half, just minus 110. That's the way I'm leaning. Um, but, yeah, yeah definitely – Definitely stronger on the stars here. I, I think that this, this this series likely goes six or seven, so it's going to go back and forth, back and forth. So I'll plus one to five. Give me the stars here. Uh, I mean, and the Knights only won two games in a row um, against the Oilers to to close out the series, and then versus well, they won four games in a row against the Jets, so I guess that doesn't count. But still, give me the stars plus one to five, and uh, lean to the over as well, but uh, not not strong on either play at all. You said it. We were, we were all ready for 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 a long night of hockey here, a bunch of overtimes. Then 95 seconds, uh, they bl- blow their load there. So now we got a, a, a three o'clock game on Sunday here. I do like the over. It seemed like things opened up a bit there in the third period. You could see that continue into uh, game two. Also, yeah, the goaltending has not not been great, and both teams have enough talent up front. You know, take advantage of that. I think over five and a half at minus 110. Also haven't bet it yet, but I, I probably end up w- will betting that. And then um, for the game, I, I do lean Vegas' way, minus 125. I think they're the better team. Dallas has fallen behind 2-1 in each of their first two series, even though they won game two, I believe, in each of those series. So no strong play on the side. If anything, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon game. Play on your Sunday best and uh, bet that draw at plus Ooh. 310. 
Ooh, spicy. Um, okay, for myself here, uh, I'm going back to the well, man. I'm going with the Knights on the money line at minus 125. Um, this could go either way. Let's face it. Like, these are two pretty matched teams that play well against each other. Um, but I'm going with my boys here. I like the Knights. I like them at home. Like I talked about a little bit earlier, that arena is absolutely pumping. Uh, for me, the defense, like I spoke about again earlier, here, is absolutely elite on this Vegas Golden Knights team. Uh, as far as over-under goes here, I don't really love a side either way. I mean, we saw a couple squeakers today, and like, I know Aiden Hills came in hot in relief here of uh, Larry Brassois, um, but and he's played well. You got to give the guy some. You got to give the guy all the credit in the world, man. He's made big saves when he needs to make big saves. He's been solid in between the pipes here. Um, but we've seen some shitty goals. I'm not really convinced that Aiden Hill is a fucking game breaker. And then uh, we we've seen Ottinger be a little bit squeaky himself too. Not for just this game, but you know for a lot of this playoffs, he certainly hasn't been the Ottinger we saw, in, even though it was a smaller sample size last year. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm gonna lean towards the over here at five and a half and minus one ten. I definitely don't love the play, but you know, gun to my head, that's what I would take. And then uh yeah, give me give me my knights at minus one twenty-five here, boys. Let's uh let's see them put the put the pressure on the stars here going back into Dallas. That sounds okay to me. Uh, uh one quick uh, thing. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I just thought, I, that's Sidney Crosby's story. I didn't read it. Somebody somebody just give me a little tidbit. Give me a synopsis. <laughs> what what is everybody um, pumping Sid's tires for? He, he was on vacation somewhere and like some kid was a huge fan and was like going whatever to him and he ended up picking up that family's bill and like signing something for the little kid. So cool story. Still fuck Sidney Crosby. Well, Joy. He no, still I, fuck Sidney Crosby. That's uh, blasphemy, but he's an American, so whatever. It's uh, he's a I'm, Flyers I'm, I'm, fan. I'm American. I'm Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a natural response for him. But yeah, uh, yeah. Sidney Crosby's been cool. I didn't like him earlier in his career. Thought he was just a big fucking diver and, and uh, complained to the refs Dog. all the time. But as soon as he won that gold medal for Canada in Vancouver, all the way up, Sid Crosby. Yeah, love the guy now. Hell yeah. best gold, friends gold, with baby. Dave McKinnon. Big brother from Nathan McKinnon, so uh, yeah. Love some got... Tim Hortons commercials. Yeah, fucking love uh, Nova Scotia. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and, and Philly is just like go birds, John Hoagie, Water Ice, fuck Crosby. It's just, just, it's just part of the dialect here. I get it. I understand. That's fine. He's a, a uh, fucking legend, classy guy. Uh, great to the fans. Doesn't matter if he's on vacation. He's still spending the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout, out, shout out our good hockey for. I shout out our boy, the juice. I think it was that put that in the discord. You know? So I'm sorry. I didn't read it, but oh, we love Sid here. Even Ryan. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, Shady Rays no. teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only to get an amazing 50% off, you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slope with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more with their durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. They also have the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broke replacements. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. So go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGumblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. All right. I think that pretty much wraps up the show here. I don't think there's anything else happening uh, in the world of (laughs) hockey that we want to talk about. Uh, All right. There was one thing that went down today, and I've been dreading this all day long. 
We Caught Wind, and it was released as per Elliot Friedman or Chris Johnson. It was pretty much both at the same time here on Twitter that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have made the decision to step away from renewing the contract of general manager Kyle Dubas. Now, gentlemen, I've I got to be 100% honest with you. I did not want to do this show tonight just because of this. And I, I'll i tell you right now, it's it's not because I'm not ready to talk about it. It's not because I don't want to talk about it. You guys know me. Anybody that's listening to the show here for a long enough time knows me. You two, you two right here probably know better than anybody else that I've talked hockey to over the past two and a half years. Because I've probably talked hockey to you guys for the most over the past two years or so. That when it comes to this Toronto Maple Leaf team, I'm guilty, for better or for worse, of wearing my heart on my sleeve a little bit. And I understand that. I know it's not always the greatest thing. This is such a kick in the pills to me, man. I, I, I For something like this, I wanted to take the 24-hour rule and just let it sink in a little bit. Let myself actually decide how I feel. But I think I've done a little bit of soul searching over the time being over the past 12 hours or so since this came out. And I think I know where my head's at a little bit here. And I'll tell you right now, gentlemen, it's not good. I'm not in a good place right now. Uh, All of Leafs Nation is absolutely not in a good place right now. This has been an absolutely abysmal week, okay? And it's not even a week. This started dating back to last year. They told Kyle Dubas going into it saying, hey, we're not going to renew your contract this year. You essentially are a lame duck general manager. And Kyle, from all accounts, was okay with that. You know, he said this is something that the guy said so often in the media. He was just down to business. He was polite with everybody. I remember the craziest thing I noticed about him when he first joined with the team is when he was doing interviews and stuff, he would actually say the reporters names back to them. And that's such a stupid little thing to pick up on. But when you think about it, it's not. Like, these aren't a bunch of dogs that are chirping at you and barking at you. Like, yeah, give shit to the Toronto media all you want. But the fact that he shows that much respect shows what type of person he is. And that was emulated throughout the culture of the Toronto Maple Leafs over his tenure of nine years being within the organization. I believe about four or five of those as actual GM of the organization. So Cal Dubas, from all accounts, I've never fucking met the guy. What the hell do I know? But he seems like he's a good human being. And so it sucks to absolutely lose him. Now, what does this mean for the Toronto Maple Leafs here? And that's the most important thing. This guy came in. He took place over for Lou Lamorello. And Lou Lamorello is a Hall of Fame executive that's still actually acting as a general manager right now. He's an absolute beauty. Regardless of his trades over the past couple of years, you can say his team in New York hasn't been too successful. That's neither here or there. That's nor the point. But either way, those are big shoes to fill. And Kyle has been immaculate. This guy did everything right and everything by the books. The trades that he made, and you know, we're going to... I don't want to go too crazy into this, but I'm kind of kind of go a little crazy into this. I'm not going to break everything down, but this guy made more good deals than bad deals. Yes, you lose trades as a GM. That's to be expected. But the stuff that this guy did for this team, and I brought this up before, every year everyone says, oh, we need more grit. He goes in and he brings in more grit. You know, I know he's not the heaviest of player, but he brought in the likes of Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons. I know towards the end of his career, uh, everybody says, oh, we need better defensive depth at the time. Well, you look who he does. He secures Jake Muzzin, who at the time of becoming a Toronto Maple Leafs was an absolute stud and exactly what this team needs brought in the likes of a tj brody i know he didn't have a great year this year he brought in mark giordano everyone said okay well uh, that's not good enough too we need a uh, this time we need goaltenders well he gets jack campbell and everyone's like well shit we brought him as a backup he's a starter we need more goaltender you know he takes a gamble and matt murray doesn't pay off also gets Ilya samsonov this guy has done everything right and done everything by the books okay and now the question is what the fuck happened 
how what happened because as the contract offer was extended to him as of five days ago Cal had a press conference and I don't know if you guys looked into this Julie I know I think you did and it was an ugly press conference man he, he was caught for the first time that we've seen him in his tenure actually backtracking and almost at a loss for words describing I don't know if I want to be the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs he found out that it took a toll on his family that's understandable that's fine but realistically there's something up with him and Brendan Shanahan, man. Like there's been rumblings around the organization and from the fan base for a long time now that it just hasn't been clicking between the two. And I don't think it's as bad as everybody has made it seem, you know, I think the best way I can describe it, it's like the two had a respectable tension. And I think anytime you're in an organization, anytime you're in a group, hell, even on this show, sometimes between the three of us, we have a respectable tension. Um, but I think one, I think that's a positive thing. I think it's necessary and I think it's healthy. So you have to have that. You can't just surround yourself with yes guys here. But if you look at the statement that Brennan Shanahan kind of put out, he said, Cal Dubas came back to us with an offer after that, when we were already put off a bit by his statements in his press conference. And he asked for number one, more money, but something that's getting kind of tossed out of the table here is he asked for full autonomy. And nobody's talking about that. In the Toronto market here, everyone's just saying, oh, Kyle came back and asked for more money, and Brendan Shanahan said no, so he's not renewing his contract. But no, I think the biggest thing here is the autonomy play, man. There's been rumblings that Dubas had some trades lined up over the past two years that Shanahan put the hammer down and said, no, we're not going ahead of this. For better or for worse, we'll never know. We'll never know what those deals are. But I feel like that's a bigger factor in this play is the power structure of things. Is Brendan Shanahan innocent here? Not entirely. This guy's been a part of the organization for nine years. He did a lot of good. He mended the fucking relationship the Toronto Maple Leafs had with their former players and veterans. I was there at the Centennial Classic, fucking January 1st, hungover as shit, fucking coked off my ass from the night before from doing a bunch of drugs on New Year's Eve, freezing my tits off when the likes of a Gary Roberts and, you know, Lanny McDonald, all these awesome guys were out there being celebrated and being commemorated, as they should be. Shanahan helped change the culture here. But is he innocent, too? This is his ninth year with the team. He's about to hire the fourth GM he's had in his tenure. If Sheldon Keefe gets let's go, I think he's going on the fourth or fifth coach in nine years. That's not a great record either, man. So uh, as far as accountability goes here, uh, I get that you're having some differences, but this is absolutely insane. And it's not just the Twitter nerds that are pissed off. Like I said earlier today, every Leaf fan is fucking upset, man. I work I work a blue-collar fucking job. I'm in a fucking sugar refinery working 12-hour continental shifts, half midnights, half days. It's a fucking shit show. I work with a lot of old whites, okay? And these, even these old whites are like, what the fuck are we doing here? Nobody knows what to make of this, man. It's absolutely fucking insane and toronto's a fucked up market dude we're in the playoffs we're everybody knows it i'm walking down the street down bay street beside the Scotiabank arena the other day i look up and who do i see on a banner on a random street post it's a picture of playoff hockey leafs round two it's a picture of connor fucking timmons name another market that you would see something like this market is nuts and Kyle handled this market appropriately. He handled this market successfully, more importantly. And if, if you're a player, I haven't even talked about this yet. If you're a player right now, what the hell is going through your mind? Like, rumblings are, it's an absolute shit show in Leafs Nation right now. Jason Spezza just resigned as a part as an assistant to the GM, so he's out the fucking door. Uh, everybody's talking about what's going on here. Shanahan doesn't have a contingency plan in, which tells me to believe that, oh, I didn't like this press conference, so I'm just going to fire him. And it's like, what do, well, what do we do when you don't even have a plan? And everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be tough on the players because he's tough on Dubas. Well, if you didn't have a contingency plan and just let your GM walk... 
what the fuck does this make you think he's going to do with the players? If he's dealing with these negotiations or a big key in it, which he will be, and these guys are asking for too much money, he's just going to say, nope, we're just going to trade you. Well, who are you trading for? What are you trying to get back? If it gets to that, what do you foresee this future being? You don't know. There's no contingency here, man. It's just spitball. It's just making decisions for the sake of making decisions. And that's the worst thing that you can do. Now, if you're a player, like I said, you're Matthews, you're Marner, you're Nylander, you got contracts coming up. Obviously, we talked about it. Chances are some of these guys aren't going to be here next year. That sucks. But what about the guys like Matthew Nyes that just signed out of Minnesota? What about the players that Kyle has drafted, like Topi Niemela coming through their ranks here? You know, uh, maybe... To a lesser extent, obviously not, because Rodion Amirov, you know, he, he's got the whole brain cancer thing going on. But there's guys and prospects here that Dubas committed to and took a shot to. And like the likes of a Jason Robertson or something like that. These guys that Kyle has been his their entire life, essentially, for the past couple of years. Uh, like, what does this do to the team? It's just an absolute shit show. And my biggest fear is that there's no contingency plan here. We're just going out on the sake of our limbs. And... Uh, it could work. Shanahan could easily shove this up my hoop here, man. I'm sorry I'm long-winded here and I haven't gave you guys a chance to touch on it, but there's a lot of things that, one, are going through the minds of Leaf fans, rightfully so. I can't imagine what's going through the players, and it's 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 grim, man. It's grim. I mean, yeah, you, you, you should be long-winded because you're the one that is a Maple Leafs fan. You're the one that has the finger on the pulse of that. I mean, maybe, maybe Joel does with all, all his uh, Toronto media hate listening he does. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I just wonder with everything you said, why isn't Shanahan on the hot seat? Why isn't he being looked at as somebody where, you know, he's been there almost a decade now. He he needs to have a backup plan for, for Dubas. He needs to be able to bring in somebody that is going to get the best out of this team because – Having their their window end like this isn't how it should be. I mean, they should be able to, you know, maybe trade one of those guys, one of the big guys in the offseason, bring it back for for next year, bulk up a little bit. But Dubas's trade trade deadline moves were were people loved them. O'Reilly was great. Brought in Achari. Brought in that defenseman he got to with them. I mean, McCabe, was like, Lafferty. McCabe, yeah, yeah. Shen. They, they were like, oh, the Leafs are making the moves they have to do to compete with the Bruins, and ended up getting getting knocked out by by the Panthers. So. It's I, I thought Dubas should have been back. You know, maybe Dubas does actually want to just take take a year off and, and see what happens there. But I wouldn't be surprised if he follows Lou Lemoral to, to New York, to Long Island for the Islander, Islanders there. And then, yeah, it's uh, the Leafs. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but, but don't Matthews and Marner have the, the movement clause kick, kicking in? June 1st, July 1st, July 1st. July 1st. Yeah, so they got to fucking figure it out, man. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, no, I mean, that that's pretty much all I got. I, I just think Shanahan should be on the hot seat. Like, he he, he should not. I, I understand maybe why he didn't want to give Kyle Dubas full control, but he's done enough where the team is being talked about as one of the top contenders in the league every year. Give him that for, for that. You no, know, maybe he did say no to some trades that – would have put him over the top or would have done. And and we won't know that, but Shanahan hopefully has a plan. If not, he's going to be the next man gone. This is the first time Shanahan has spoken publicly since last year's playoff exit. That's, that's the that's, thing. He's just been lurking in the joke. background. That, that's a complete it, joke. That's not okay. Like you can't just be doing this. Essentially you just threw him under the bus because you didn't like a press conference and he was your guy five days ago. And you let that determine your mind. Like that's, and I tell you what, he's on the hot seat now, man. Everybody's, pointing the fingers at him and rightfully so i'm sorry joel i didn't mean to cut you is off. this a uh is this a long con by shanahan after to get back for, to the leafs after his uh detroit playing days perhaps don't do this to me <laughs> 
So my ears perked up immediately when I heard the Monday presser by Dubis when he started thinking, when he started saying that his, uh, everything's affected by his family. He has to discuss how his family feels about this, that they feel the pressure and all that. It seemed to me immediately like that was a leverage play. And uh, whether it's true or not, Shanahan built, built into that when he discussed things on his presser today. Um, saying that, uh, yeah, okay, Dubas came back to me with a with a counter offer, asking for more money, and uh, and then Shannon had said no to that. We're going in a different direction because he felt that uh, Dubas didn't show the the loyalty that he felt that he deserved. I mean, think about it this way: Shanahan gave him this like dream job, like he was working with the Sioux uh, at the age of 28. He he gave him like the assistant uh, GM role with, with under Lou. Um, what nine years ago? Yep. And and uh, and now he he he's he's trying to big ball me. I'm on Shanahan's side here for myself. Uh, I don't think that uh, Dubis played this at all the right way. I, I thought that he 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 overplayed his hand, and he was looking for more money than he deserved. And now he's out of a job, and and we'll see if maybe Pittsburgh picks him up or whatever. But uh, at this point, based on what we know, we don't know. Dubis's full story. We we don't we don't have the the repost. We don't have the the response from Dubis uh, in terms of uh, what what went on. But Shannon gave a very detailed uh, story of, of what went ha- what went down mm-hmm. there. I thought that I, I thought that was way more um, revealing than I thought that we would get from the Leafs, who are usually more. Um, yeah. You know, nothing leaks out of that camp, and he went back a full year of this process. It was nuts. Exactly. Yeah. So, as of this moment, as of this moment, without knowing Dubis's full story, it, it looks very bad for him. But uh, we'll see how things transpire. But I don't think that Dubis has been that great. I mean, he's not as bad as his haters make him out to be, but he hasn't been great. I mean, it's better this year. Like this Joy. year, I thought that he did the right things. But uh, you know, come on. He gave uh, Tavares like way too much money right before Marner and and uh, Matthews signings made made he forced them to uh, he, he was basically forced to give them more money than they deserved because Tavares was making this much so we got to give Marner and Matthews even more because they're better players than him so he, he screwed himself over there and and then that that's why they're paying those those top three guys and Nylander too although Nylander is obviously the most valuable player of all of them in terms of the the contract. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think that Dubas has been great. He hasn't been terrible and I'm somewhere in the middle there, but, uh, as, a, as when it comes to like using your family, like the pressure of all this and then trying to use that as leverage to get a better deal. I, I fucking hate do you, that. Do you shit. really think that's what he was doing though? So, you it, know what? I gotta at this say point I, without knowing Dubas' story, that's what it seems like. So I, you, I'm just going out the I think information I, we have. I think I honestly disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> Let's okay. go. From from the family point of view, Kyle Dewis has always came out, and this is this is even from me. I, I listen to fucking seven hours of talk Toronto sports every goddamn day, and this is from the word of mouth from a guy Chris Johnson. Okay, covers the team every fucking day, and he said it word for word. Kyle Dewis has always been an honest person, and when he came out with that answer, he honestly believes that he found, and this is what he said word for word. I found out last week just how hard this year was on my family. And so, you know, maybe he did have a conversation with his wife, and I'm not pinpointing here. We don't know. It's all speculation. Maybe she freaked the fuck out. Maybe the kids are hearing it in school. Like I said, and you referenced that Shanahan, you know, brought up in his prep conference, you know, this is the job we chose. It's hard on all of our kids. Well, it's easy to say that when you're a fucking guy that hasn't spoken in the media for an entire year. 
You haven't been under the crossfire of this shit. Kyle gets it every goddamn day in this market, man. And not just him, his wife. I'm sure his kids get it every time they go out from family, from friends, trips to the Okay, so you can't hack into the Toronto market. No, that's not it either. That's not it either. Because he just said, I need to figure out what are we doing. And he came back and said, I've had this conversation with my family. I'm looking for this position. This is what I want to do. And Shanahan just didn't like what he said one day. He in the raised media. the offer. He, he, he tried that's to negotiate. What's he supposed to say? Yeah, that's fine. I'll <laughs> just take whatever you give me. And that's the thing. There is no, we talked about this last show. There's, there's, no, salary there's, there's no salary cap for general managers or executives. If you're telling me the MLSC. Yeah. If, if you believe in him that much that you brought him up at 28 or whatever, gave him this job, pay him what pay him what's worth. Maybe it was about the, well, you know, What has he done that's uh, successful? Joel, he has strung together the best probably seven or eight years that this Toronto Maple Leafs team has had. They made the dating playoffs back, before dating, it even arrived. Listen to me. Dating back to the 1960s, okay? You don't understand. Tell me, before the, before what was it, the Leafs-Bruins series, when was that? 2013 here. What was the narrative for the Toronto Maple Leafs before that, dating back from 2004 up until that point? They didn't make the fucking playoffs for nine years. Before that, they were fucking terrible. The 90s were an absolute abysmal. The 80s in the Harold Baller fucking era was an absolute train wreck. There was nothing in the 70s and the 60s. Yes, that was the last time they had success. This guy is single. I don't want to say single-handedly, but he's been a fucking pivotal point of switching this entire fan base up into a winning mindset. On the ice, no, obviously you're right. You have nine years with this organization. You won one fucking playoff round. You can say the same thing about Brandon Shanahan as well. Okay? Is that ideal? Fuck no, it is. But this has been the best string of fucking Leaf teams that we have had since the 1960s, dude. I remember in 2007 getting kicked out of my fucking class. And I was sitting in the hallways crying. And I'm fucking – because I thought I was going to get in trouble. I'm looking through a Leafs magazine my parents bought me. You know who I'm looking at in this fucking magazine? Pictures of Kyle Wellwood. Pictures of fucking Pavel Kubina. Pictures of Boyd Devereaux. Jeremy fucking Talusti, who's the Brett Favre of the NHL, essentially, because he's dumb enough to send dick pics to recorders. Uh, pictures of Chad Kilger. Pictures of fucking, like, Bates Bottega. Stefan Cronwell. Might sound familiar. Yeah, it's Nick Cronwell's shitty brother. These are the teams right. that we were assembling forever. This guy fucking changed that and actually gave us a winning team. Did we get it done in the playoffs? No. He's it building sucks. off of a team that made the playoffs already. Teams that he didn't even draft. No, um, we I, did it. What are you they, talking They about? didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, we made the playoffs once Before and we Duisk didn't make it again. They we did. made it once they since made it 2004. In, in 2013. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, and then after that, we didn't make it until he was in the, he was fucking in the helm with the Matthews there. That's not true. That's fair. Yes, that's, it is. 2004. He's only been GM. 2014. He's only been Jim for what five years, six years? But but he was but he was in he, charge of the drafting, Joel. He was the one that aimed for Mitch Marner, that picked William Nylander over okay, guys like Dick Ritchie. Okay, as an assistant, all right. But he still but took that, over. That's, a team but that's was... what you're attacking. You're attacking just his his whole tenure there. No, so I th- I think okay. that's a, that's a valid counterpoint. That's his fingerprints are point. all over just, that team. I fucking hate that he used his family as a kind of leverage. Like he came back two days later, crawling back to Shanahan, asking for more money. Is this to like be the, the is this GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs when the Toronto Maple Leafs are supposed to be the the, the best hockey town in uh, all of the NHL? Like he he just wants the money instead of just uh, accepting the role of of being a, in charge of the best uh, hockey culture in the NHL and and he's using his family as as leverage for all that, which we don't know uh, we don't know what's going on with his family or whatever but I don't I don't like that he he be like reversed on that two days later looking for the better contract that that that's that's my whole uh, dispute with with uh, Kyle Dubas right now. 
But what is if that like, was the is truth? this like a thing people like, are saying, like reporters are saying, like that he used family for leverage? It's like a radio talk thing you heard. Uh, like, I, I, it, I have, it was a, it was speculated, is, but it, everybody that knows him has came out and said that's not the kind of guy he is. Everybody that says, you know, there must have been something seriously going on. And like, yeah, what you do is negotiations. You talk to them and say, hey, I want this. They say, OK, we're not giving you that. We'll settle with this. Like I brought up earlier, I think the part that kind of was the deal breaker was the autonomy thing, man. Like, I, I feel like Brendan Shanahan is on the hot seat with the MLE or MLSC Board of Governors here. And he says, I can't just if I'm on the fucking hot seat, too, I can't give this guy permission as well as five years of term to just make every fucking deal. So I think there's stuff going on behind the scenes from that side of things, man. Like, from all accounts, dude, like, Dubis isn't a piece of shit that just says, I'm leveraging my family to make more fucking money. Like, uh, he's a good guy, dude. This guy volunteers his sick kids under the table all the fucking time. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like that's kind of a false narrative, bro. It might be. You might be right. Maybe you are. We don't know. Oh, we don't know. That's all. I'm just going with the information I have right now, which makes him look really bad. But we don't know the whole story. That's my whole point. But as of what I know, as of this point, that's what it seems to me. But. We we need to hear the whole the full story, whatever. But uh, I don't think that the Dubis reign has been uh, a success. Uh, well, back back to that your point about giving Tavares too much money before they're due up for contracts. The cap was going up fairly significantly, but not significantly, but like two three percent, two percent, six percent every year. And then the world stopped. COVID came and it froze, and and that kind of fucked them. You can't you can't foresee that happening. Obviously, everyone had to deal with it. And I thought. Dubis, you know, did his best over the past few years. I don't know all of his moves intimately, but like he, the Leafs have been one of the consistently best teams in the regular season. I know that does not matter. No one gets shit about that in American sports, especially hockey. But these playoffs this year are showing how much of a crapshoot they can be. And like, you know what? You need a team to be good for for 10 years to have a to have a good chance to, to win a Stanley Cup or reach a Stanley Cup final. And the Leafs have lost to some pretty good teams recently. They lost to the Lightning last year. They made the Cup final. Lost to the Canadians the year before. They made the Cup final. Uh, lost to the Bruins in seven a few few years back. Like, they're, they're a good team. They, they just don't have what it takes to get over the top, which, you know, sometimes is just luck in a seven-game series. And Dubas, maybe, maybe you know, he wasn't going to come back anyway. Maybe he did ask for too much. Maybe he was using his family. But... I just think it was just shitty way for for him to go out there, but you know you wouldn't expect anything different from from the Maple Leafs, I guess. Unfortunately, the, the, one, thing, the one thing about the Tavares thing too, and I'll just, I'll be quick with it, man. But you got to remember the narrative of that signing, dude. At that time, that was the year after the whole Stamkos free agency. Nobody for the past twenty years wanted to come back as an Ontario kid and play in Toronto. And John Tavares said, "I'm willing to break that mold." That was a significant fucking thing. And since we've seen players come to Toronto and enjoy it and be willing for the opportunity to sign as a free agent, to waive no move clauses, to come here, to take discounts like Spezza and Giordano to come back home and play, which would have never happened had John Tavares not broken that mold. And keep in mind too, he had a $13 million seven-year offer from the San Jose Sharks to go. He turned down $14 million to take that $11 million contract. Yeah, and and comparing his contract, like Sagan makes $9.8 million. Barkoff he's still a point-per-game player. Yeah, he's still a good player. It's, it's a just, lot of money. It's a it's lot just, of money. And it did yeah. set the mold, to Joel's point, it set the mold for those younger guys as well. I understand yeah. that. You're right. Like, Yeah, and, and like you said, he did show that you know, players may come back and play in Toronto. Maybe he paved the way for uh, Connor McDavid. As, oh, an, all, olive branch, <laughs> as an olive branch. <laughs> nice one, there, Ryan. Um, I will say that 
Dubas has been very good at finding undervalued players like Bunting and Hyman, and then those guys. They they brought him in there. I mean, uh, we can excuse the Nick Ritchie contract and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the questionable Matt Murray uh, signing, and then the other goalies around. But uh, yeah, he's 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 been fine. He's been fine. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been terrible. He's somewhere in the middle. That that's where I'm sticking to it. I just I just got really put off by that whole this whole week. But <laughs> but we're it's just been a shit show, man. It really yeah, has. I'm, right. I'm just based on uh. You know, instant reactions here, um, you know, based on the Shannon presser where he was very detailed, whereas Dubas is uh, his story is still unheard. So we don't have the full story yet. I'm just going off of what we know at this moment. I don't know. We can put a bow on this, boys. I, I, I'll leave it at this. God. No, no, no. What do you got? I want one more thing to bring back to the Flyers. This is why I fucking hate the Flyers. <laughs> just All right. Keith Jones right away. <laughs> Wait to see who else is going to be available. Like, come on. They probably wouldn't end up getting Dubas, but uh, Eric Tolsky, the assistant GM that wrote for Broad Street Hockey like 10 years ago, is interviewing for the GM job in Pittsburgh. It's just just, just a shit show in Philadelphia. Well, that, that's going to be what's going to be a tell is in his conference, he said, I don't like you're not going to see me pop up with a different team next year. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I think he got blindsided with what all went down today. And so. Maybe he's got a fucking chip on his shoulder, and maybe you will see him popping up somewhere else. I don't know, maybe, man. Maybe it lit, lit a flame under his ass, and it will go to Calgary. Maybe it fucking it very well could have. I hope not. But <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Joe Sackick is still sleeping uh, 14 hours a day and uh, <laughs> <laughs> making the most out of the other 10. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. I don't Sleepy know. Joe. Love you, buddy. Right. To put a bow on it, though, boys, Like we're going to... This could be the best thing that ever happened to the organization, but by all accounts, it's looking like it's bordering on one of the worst things that's happened to this team over the past 25 years. So I don't know. Well, only time will tell. You know, Shanahan's not a fucking dumb guy. You know, maybe he acted a little bit brash today, but by no means can you sit here and tell me that this guy's a dumb guy, and by no means can he tell me that he doesn't know hockey. Fuck the wings. Fuck the wings. All right. Anything else you want to add on here, boys? I'm sorry. Thank you for indulging me uh, with that. I really do appreciate it. Oh, I think that, 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 that was that, that was great. I think we've had two straight good episodes here. We just had just good good uh, good conversations. <laughs> this Friday, one had a bit less Friday swearing. Was totally uh, <laughs> with the wild episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap this up here, boys. Everybody, go check out the Sports Gambling Podcast Network website. Uh, that's the place to be, but you find uh, tons of good stuff. There's tons of articles going on, tons of different shows. Uh, be sure to check out Ryan's articles on the Western and Eastern Conference previews for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, baby. Tons of stuff going on in the world of sports, obviously. Uh, be sure to listen to Ryan's other podcasts as well. Baseball Money is fake with him and Blake. And listen to the other shows at the network, too, man. Tons of like, it, It's just a great way to learn. It's a great way to win some fucking money, dude. You pop into some of these other channels. And everybody's also posting bets. And that's at the Discord as well. So there's another great place to win some money. Uh, shout out to all of our friends and pals in the Discord. It's always a blast. If you're trying to get in there, you can uh, reach out to myself or Ryan on Twitter uh, or the HGP Twitter account. We'll be sure to point you in the right direction. Or you can just give me a call on my phone because I'm actually on my way to uh, Vancouver right now to beat the shit out of Joel Myers. So I'll be sure to ask him in between punches uh, if, if he can point you in the right direction as well. Yeah, yeah make sure you bring Kyle Dewis. So, uh, <laughs> I'll bring his bitchy wife that's fucking making him get fired from the Leafs, too. How do you like that? <laughs> I like how he plays his kid, too. And it's like, he's like less than five years old. I'm sure he's really oh, feeling the pressure. We're ending the episode, Joel. <laughs> Yeah, get him we gotta do the puck box. We gotta do the puck box. Oh shit, we did. 
fuck? All right, let's do puck bucks. Let's run through it really quickly here. Uh, fuck, you're right. I totally forgot about that. Uh, current standings, your boys up here at 569 puck bucks and 46 puck cents. Uh, currently with 20 wins and 23 puck bucks available. Joey's in second. Oh, wait, no. I don't even know what I'm saying, but something like that. Joey's in second with 55 or 551 puck bucks and 78 puck bucks available with a record of 14 and 30. Ryan is at 284 puck bucks and 67 puck cents with a record of 18 and 29. Jolie, what's going on with this guy? Eh? What is going on with our boy Ryan? What's up? Well, he's got a lot of futures left, so uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll true. be fine. But uh, yeah, I, I spelled it out at the beginning. Not a good playoffs for me, so carry on. No. Tough go for all of us. All right, uh, I'll kick us off here, dude. Uh, I'm going with Florida, Carolina, under 5.5, plus 100 in game two, 30 puck bucks on that one. Uh, I'm also going with Bobrowski for the con smite, the plus 650 at 25 puck bucks here. If he pulls this off and he goes over, shit, the way this guy's been playing, fucking anything can happen. It seems like he's putting up 50 saves every goddamn night. Uh, I'm also going to go Florida on the money line in game two, plus 125, 30 puck bucks, and then Vegas, game two, money line, minus 125, 30 puck bucks as well. Me, I'm going with uh, Florida Carolina game two, first period under one and a half at minus 110 for 30 puck bucks. Think it'll be a sleepy start there. Uh, Burns to have over three and a half shots on goal, minus 120 for 30 puck bucks. Uh, a lot of a lot of offense comes from the Carolina D, especially Brent Burns. And then uh, Dallas Vegas game two to go to overtime, uh, plus 310, uh, 15 puck bucks. It's a Sunday best game, so you, you got to take overtime there. We're going with Tara Vine over one and a half shots on goal, minus 135, 15 puck bucks on that. Obviously, not the best game from him in game one, but he played a lot of minutes, and uh, he I think he'll hit one shot on goal. But uh, I like the way that he's getting introduced to the offense, a little unlucky not to get more action there. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go with him. Um, he's going to get better over the course of the series as his hand gets healthier. Uh, next up, Forsling under one and a half shots on goal, plus 125, 10 puck bucks on that. I think the Canes will dominate the play, limiting the Panthers' uh, shots on goal. Brenda Moore will find some adjustments and, uh, yeah, limit the Panthers' offense. So I like that one. And finally, similar kind of thing, Canes to win the Cup, plus 360, uh, 10 puck bucks on that. Uh, this series is far from over. It's going to be a uh, two grueling long series here in both the West and the East. So, yeah, plus 360. Plus 360 for the, the team that has been the best uh, power-rated team over the course of the whole season left in these playoffs. So might as well take that. Hell yeah. All right. We already went through all the uh, all the stuff. Uh, quick. One question. One answer. Don't even think about it. Who's winning the Stanley Cup? Joel. Stars. Grind. Hurricanes. Knights, baby. Knights. All right. Uh, well, pumper shit, Ryan. What else we got? Is, that, is there anything we got to touch on? Get in the Discord. Leave us a five star rating and review on the Hockey Gillen podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, um, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at HockeySGPN. And yeah, that's it. All right, everybody. My name is Talon Jenkins. You can find me at Twitter at Talon underscore Jenkins94. I'm Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at RGilbertSOP. I'm Joel Miner. Find me at my cousin's wedding. Where I will be uh, fucked up, so you'll likely find me in a ditch as well. <laughs> What's your favorite wedding song to dance to? I don't dance. I'm oh, Mennonite. He just, he just drinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's against our religion. You can dance all the way to the bar, no? I, I could try, but I wouldn't call it dancing. <laughs> More of a stumble? Stagger, <laughs> stagger, <laughs> stop, step? <laughs> <laughs> all right, peace.